0: for joining me on episode 82 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. Every child is unique, and we as parents need to cater to their individual needs, including how they are schooled. Today, CeCe Bloom shares the good, the bad, and the ugly of homeschooling. And if this is an area that you are contemplating, check out why she started to homeschool and why she continues to do so. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. We are traveling all the way to California to visit foster parent, author, and firefighter wife, CeCe Bloom. CeCe, are you often uh, introduced as a firefighter's wife?
1: I guess it depends on what crowd I run in, but okay. <laughs> sometimes yes. Well, people, you know, everyone loves a firefighter, so yes. <laughs>
0: And I I, I ask that because I've heard in certain circles, uh, especially ministry circles, just because I I was a a former pastor, and so I I hear this a lot of, uh, only pastor's wives are called what their husbands do, you know? And I'm like, no, because my mom was a cop's wife, and I've heard it with military wives, and I've heard it with firefighter (laughs) wives, so I never knew if that's how you were introduced in CC Bloom, not to be confused with the CC Bloom from Beaches, but... Cece, I wanted to talk about homeschooling today. Maybe that there are those out there that are contemplating homeschooling. And it seems to be a controversial issue, but I don't think it should be. I I guess I'm just a firm believer that you have to do whatever is right for your family. And I just kind of want to just jump in. I mean, we're only a minute in, but I really want to just get your story of why you chose to do what you do, because you did it for a specific reason, and it was something that really had it, it fit your family. So, could you just, CC, yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself, and then take me back to why you chose to go the direction you went?
1: Yeah. Um. So. Let's see. We live in California. That's a little bit about myself. And uh, we're out here. So if you you know follow the news, obviously there's all kinds of things going on with the schools out here in California. Mm-hmm. But before that, I'll tell you, I never dreamed of homeschooling. That was not my, you know, when I when I thought about having a family and kids, that was not something that was in my plan mm-hmm. necessarily. But our oldest son, when he was about coaching school, he, ha- he had gone through some really tough medical things. And as we were when he was about three years old, his his uh, medical condition got really, really bad. And um, do you mind sharing he, what that
0: is, or is that too yes, personal? Okay. Yeah, well,
1: so no, it's not personal. And it, the the the, problem, the challenge of sharing what it is is that no one could ever exactly tell us what it was. Mm. It, what it what came out was that his he was covered in rashes and sores and skin things all the time. You know, initially when he was an infant, it was like, oh, he's got eczema, and then it started to get to a place of like. The, as an infant, as a three-month-old, I couldn't change his. Like every time I changed his diaper, and he had exposed skin, he would scratch himself to the point of bleeding. Mm. That continued, and at three years old, that condition got just significantly worse. And so we had already done a lot of different, you know, traditional things that doctors recommended. We had done all kinds of diets and regimens and different things to remove things from his system, all kinds of things, and it and it got worse, and we couldn't pinpoint exactly why. And so we got passed from doctor to doctor to doctor and tried all kinds of different regimens and, you know, other things, other diets, get, you know, pull all the carpets, pull all the drapes. I mean, crazy stuff. Yeah. Our whole life was kind of swirling around trying to figure out what was going on with him. Ultimately, it never, they could never tell us exactly, but except that it was some sort of autoimmune thing and his body was basically attacking itself.
0: Which is a a scary thing to hear.
1: Really scary to hear. And as a result, we were told we were going to have to put him on chemotherapy for 18 to 36 months. Wow. Suppressed his immune system in hopes that his body would just stop fighting itself. Mm-hmm. And then there was other, you know, laser skincare treatments they wanted us to. I mean, there was, it was unbelievable what they wanted us to do. So it was at this time that he was approaching school age. And I remember asking the doctor, what do I do about school? And she said, oh, you got to keep them away from sick kids. Which I was like, you know what school is, right? It's <laughs> a lot of It's a dish. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> a lot of sick kids. And then they learn things hopefully too, right? So anyway, that was really what got me kind of going like, oh, wow, I'm not going to be able to put him into a traditional school setting. Now what? And so um, I was terrified because that I, I'm sure a lot of people out there who've ever contemplated homeschooling, your first response is, I could never. Yes. <laughs> and I think a lot of people experience it in the pandemic. And they I've, I've heard some of them say, no, I tried. It was terrible. And I'm like, OK, crisis schooling and homeschooling are two very different things mm, yeah. every family you talked to who went through crisis schooling during the pandemic will tell you it was no, it was not fun for us. (laughs) It was not fun. So people, once you get into homeschooling, you realize, um, you do it because there's so many opportunities and hands-on learning and different things. And so that was a whole different deal where all of that, all of our bag of tricks kind of got pulled out from under us in many ways. But, um, yeah, so that's what got us, that's what got me realizing like, whoa, I got to do something different. Um, and so I found like a co-op type program where they basically told me okay here's the books that you're gonna we're gonna buy and here's the lesson plans and and you know you'll have some help with some like teachers you can kind of team up with and so that's the part that we started with and I kind of thought okay I can't mess this up like (laughs) he knows his numbers and he knows his letters let's just try one year and see you know see how it goes yeah if anybody's ever had kids that have gone through a lot of medical trauma or, you know, our youngest is um, adopted through foster care. When kids go through that kind of trauma, oftentimes they end up having learning disabilities, too. And that's something I started to see in my oldest as well. So as it turned out, it was really such a God thing that we ended up doing the homeschooling because he really did have other needs that probably could not have been met in a traditional classroom mm-hmm. setting. So, yeah, that's what started us on, on the path. <laughs> and then... We are now. We just well. We finished our ninth year, so this year will be our tenth year of homeschooling. And now I have four kids um, that I'm homeschooling through. You know, all the way down from eighth grade. My oldest will be eighth grade. My youngest will be first grade this year. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole yeah. So it. It's so
0: it possible. wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it wasn't no, no. just beneficial then for your oldest who had medical issues and for your younger who had some um, learning challenges, but it was beneficial for the other two as well.
1: Yes. What I started to see is just, I told my husband the full time. He's, um, at first, you know, he also was a little like, Ooh, really? We're going to homeschool.
0: <laughs> Those are the um, weird kids. What do you mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so,
1: um, I started after we kind of jumped into it and, and especially as my oldest got older and then I added, you know, our number two was, was ready to start schooling and, and four, one thing that I have seen in the homeschooling process that I love so much is just the opportunity allows me to have conversations with my kids that, that truly time sake wouldn't allow me otherwise, you know, especially, my kids are really active, they love sports and athletics, so, you know, when you get into that stage, which we're kind of entering now, where all the afternoon and evenings start to get filled up with sports and activities and all these great things, but, you know, if, if they're in full-time school, they're doing that, and then you're jumping in the car, and you're, you know, waving them off to practice or whatever. So I have just loved through their whole education, whether we're working on history, science, Bible, even math, there are these opportunities to incorporate so many life lessons, so many biblical lessons. And that's been my favorite, my favorite part of homeschooling where I feel like, wow, me getting to talk to my kids about, you know, the history of our country or, or ancient history, whatever it is, I get to point out these moments in history where God had an impact and like, show that to them and make, and like, go oh, wow, look at, look at how this history is so different because the impact that, that God had on this person's life and what they did with that. Um, same as science, you know, when you get to, uh, learn about different lessons in science and the things that you can point out to your kids of like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that was an accident? Do you think, you know, I, I went to, a, I went to UCLA and you know, when you go to a public <laughs> university in California, especially nobody is really, uh, with you on your faith and so i yeah. had to learn how to not just defend my faith but understand why i believed what i believed and so i've loved in schooling my kids knowing what the world is going to be coming at them with mm-hmm. i've loved being able to have these conversations at from a very young age in age-appropriate ways of like asking them to start to think critically now so that when they get to those places they're not you know shoved off of their foundation of what they thought they believed it's you know we're, we're starting these conversations now so that it's no like why do we believe this why do you think that like do you think this is on purpose do you think it's on accident do you think God had a hand in this so that's been that's been my favorite part of homeschooling all four and so I, yeah I think while homeschooling has been a benefit to the to the different needs in our family I think that's the need that every every family has you know these, these moments that we get to have with our kids that really I mean, now my oldest is, we got one more year till high school, and I cannot believe how quickly it goes. Everyone mm-hmm. says that. Yeah. But this, I'm really seeing it now, and I'm just feeling like, okay, have we, you know, what else does he need to be prepared for? And I love that I have the opportunity to really, you know, cater his education to the things that I feel like he should know, and, and it, cause each of them is so different and unique, and I know them better than any teacher is ever going to know them, not to put down, you know, teachers, right. and I know there's a lot of amazing teachers out there, but it's, fun to get to go like wow I know that this would really speak you know to Drake my oldest or this would speak to Cordy my daughter
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's fun to get to kind of uniquely cater some different things to each of them
0: and it's really brought you closer together as a family hasn't it
1: oh yeah yes I I would say it's me as my oldest is starting you know to enter teenagers he just hit 13 this year you know, we're now experiencing like new life lesson things and we're entering into a whole new world with like middle school age stuff. And it's been me and my husband has commented several times. He's like, wow, he is so open with you and honest. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's because this, our whole, our whole, his whole upbringing, we've had every, we've had so many conversations. This isn't a new thing that I'm suddenly like, oh, whoa, mom wants to talk to me. Like, no, we always, <laughs> we talk about everything, you know, we learn everything together. And so not that, not to say that he won't, you know, <laughs> As the teenagers get deeper, right. that that there more challenges there, but I do think it's been um, nice to have had this foundation to have built on, where we we do have open communication and open uh, conversations about life in general. So when these big life things come in, it's not catastrophic. Like, whoa, how am I going to purchase my son? It's like, oh no, no, we've been like. Planting those seeds, and now we're just going to talk about it in a more age-appropriate way. Like, wow, I guess we're at this age now where I'm going to have to talk about it in a little bit more depth. And mm-hmm. so, that's been really that's been really nice in in a lot of ways. Yeah.
0: Has it been overwhelming to homeschool four kids? I, I my kids go to private school, and but I have had to pull them out like for a year to to homeschool them. But it was just one. I couldn't imagine four at one time. How much of a challenge is that?
1: Yes. Yeah. It, I, will, I will be totally honest, yes, there have been many times it's been overwhelming, and I, I tell people, there are some days I want to pull my hair out, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like, I have three boys and one girl, and so my boys are very squirrely and very, I mean, my daughter is too, because she's raised with three boys, you know, so there's, <laughs> there's a lot of need for activity and stimuli and all that, but that's been great in the sense that, like, we have a trampoline in our backyard and some different little things so when I start to see like okay he needs a break like I can say go jump go get on that trampoline go jump <laughs> go jump and yes. then come back when you're ready to listen a little bit or I mean a lot of times I'll I'll put him on the trampoline and we'll go over spelling words or I'll have mm. you know, the siblings one holds one one um spelling book and one holds the other and they quiz each other back and forth on the trampoline so you can get creative and but yes there are definitely times it's been overwhelming that's having the co-op to help me along has been really great because I I didn't feel quite so lost and quite so like, Oh gosh, am I, am I missing something? Am I, you know, there were people that were looking over all the standards that need to be met in each grade level. And so that helped me a lot. This year we're actually going out on our own. And so I'm (laughs) feeling a little bit like, okay, let's, you know, let's uh, lean on those nine years of experience and see what I can do. But I know a lot of people who've done it on their own from the beginning and, and uh, you know, have done a great job with that. So I, I needed a little bit more of a, scaffolding to get me there yeah but uh yeah no there are definitely overwhelming times for sure
0: what what (laughs) other challenges i mean obviously you've listed a ton of the benefits and it sounds amazing but what are some of the other challenges that you have found in these years
1: you well uh, you know every kid is different and every need is different so obviously there's that The, the the pro and the challenge like the good and the challenge of homeschooling a kid like all of your kids is that you can cater to those individual needs. The challenge is also that they do each have unique individual needs. You know, we've always done like a like I said, a kind of a co-op model. And so I was staying very much on track with exactly what the program told me to do. That can be challenging in the sense that I was kind of trying to create more of a classroom type setting and make sure every kid had their unique thing for exactly their grade. A lot of families who homeschool, you know, more than one kid we'll do it differently and that's kind of what I'm going to try this year is more, you can, there are different curriculums and things out there that you can do that can serve several age levels instead of just, you know, one mm-hmm. grade. And so that the challenge. Yeah. When you get to multiple kids is trying to meet every need and academically, you know, push kiddos uh, as they get older. Well, also meeting the needs of the younger ones, but, but there are definitely ways to do that. And, and so that's, yeah, that's something that I'm kind of learning and, and working on even more for this year to try to streamline it a little bit with everybody in the program and with, you know, squirrely kids.
0: <laughs> right, so. right. Now, did you, because in California, I don't want to get political, but I know California is a little bit more difficult, and I've heard this, and I don't know if it's still the same, that to homeschool you have to have a specific degree. Is that still true, or was that even true at all?
1: No, Okay. No, California has been trying to h- shut down homeschooling for years and years and years. And mm-hmm. many ways, the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened for us in the ways of homeschooling because suddenly everyone had to do it. Yeah. So that bought us some time here. Mm. <laughs> but yes, there are things that they've done. So there are different charter um, homeschool programs that have started and that are public charter homeschools because uh, many many of the decisions that California has made in education have caused a bleeding of students out of the system so parents are trying to figure out what to do with their kids and many of them have left the state we've we've personally had to say goodbye to a lot of a lot of great families you always probably received them so
0: <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of people moving out of michigan too but yeah i get, uh, I get what you're saying you, you guys yes. more so
1: Yes, so there's that, and then those who are staying are trying to figure out alternatives. So every school district has been really impacted, and as a result, ironically, the public school system has started these. Some some of them have started these public, started home homeschools. Now, so like in those, kind of
0: hybrid kind of thing,
1: um, most of those are no, they're fully at home, but they're kind of online where you have to check in with the teacher, and there's there's it's not it's usually the parents are still doing most of the teaching. They offer different things and they offer like funds for you to be able to buy um, approved supplies and approved curriculum and things like that. Mm-hmm. So in those settings, those teachers definitely all have to be, they all have to have a uh, credential. And yes, I do believe you're right though, that there was a, they were trying to pass that, that every parent had to have a credential. It. It, you know, there've been a lot of bills put out there to try to squash it for pretty much everybody. mhm And there still are a lot of bills out there trying to do that. So, you know, it's it's day by day here.
0: Right, (laughs) right. Now, I I do have a question. Have you had quite a bit of pushback from maybe those in the community because your youngest had some learning challenges? And so you brought him or you kept him home in order to meet those challenges. Did you get some pushback from that because maybe you weren't certified in special needs? Does that make sense? What um, I'm
1: asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does make sense. So, my oldest one is actually my one who's had more of so far. I mean, my youngest is he just did say kindergarten, so we're starting to like kind of see where he's at mm. as far as, you know academically. And he's he's actually done really well academically. My oldest with the medical stuff has had has had more challenges with um, academia. Not I never had any like official you know official pushback. I mean, there. I mean, I'm trying to think of who would push back. You know, there have definitely been some people in my life that were very pro-public school who, you know, were very wary of the decision that we were making to homeschool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they've seen how difficult it has been in many ways. And so there, I think initially there was kind of like, why are you doing that? And even, you know, people who have worked in, in the school district who sometimes people feel, I don't know if is the right word, but but almost like, how dare you think you can do my job better than me? And not, not that they are saying that necessarily, but sometimes people get funny about like.
0: Well, they worked so uh, hard to get this degree and yes. went through all this schooling. How yes. is it that you, that didn't work so hard, quote unquote, yes. to get the schooling, how can you do what I do? I, yes. I get that. I can yes. understand and that. Not, and,
1: and, and whether they say it verbally or, or, you know, not not everybody says things, but you, you can definitely sometimes sense uh, people's disapproval of your choice. In my case, some of the people that were the least approving of our choice to, to keep um, my oldest son start this homeschool journey have now seen uh, the results. And so that's been really encouraging. My oldest son, you know, just finished seventh grade and just finished high
2: school algebra. Like
1: mm-hmm. he's he's advanced and I, I could guarantee that if he was in a class of 30 kids, that, that would not be his story today, you so, know, and
0: uh, not. yeah, It just blows my mind, I guess, that, People would would challenge you with your oldest because he had medical issues. So in my mind, I'm going, well, obviously you have to make that choice. Maybe it's because I have uh, like right now I have a friend who has to homeschool her daughter this year. She's going into eighth grade, but she has to homeschool her because she has uh, cancer and because she's going yeah. through the chemotherapy and everything, she's going to have to be homeschooled and get tutors at the hospital. This- so to me, that's a no brainer. So I'm just surprised you got yeah. pushback. back with him. Yeah.
1: I think more just cause he was our first. And, mm-hmm. um, and while we were, you know, going through all that, what ended up happening with his story, I won't tell the whole thing, but he ended up getting miraculously healed. So we never ended up doing the chemo. Now that first year of schooling, he still wasn't, um, a hundred percent. It was a, it was a, that whole year kind of took healing. So at that point I could have probably health wise after, after our first year of homeschooling, I probably could have, Put him into uh, a more normal school but at that point I had kind of seen some of the learning challenges and some of the other things and I'd also seen some of the benefits of homeschooling and I wanted to try again I want to try one year again mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I always said I go I'm just gonna take this one year at a time yeah. <laughs> and it's not a failure if you do that one year and and it doesn't work for your family but I thought okay in these early years it's, it's pretty low risk because he was already you know reading letter, reading small words and different things like that so I thought let's I know that he's met the standards for kindergarten. Let's just, let's try another year. You know? Right. So yeah, that, that's where kind of some of that perspective and again, him being our first kind of like, whoa, is this the the path you're choosing? And I, again, I wasn't certain that this was the path I was staying on for my whole, you know, we didn't even have four kids at the time. <laughs> um, I think we had three when that started. So yeah, so just people kind of questioning like, whoa, is this, is this a good idea? This is hard. And he's, you know, he's got some challenges. And so I think the natural response is like, I think the public school, you know, he could get an IEP and there's different ways that the public school can do this and not to say that they can't, Mm -hmm. but I, I was beginning to see very quickly how I could meet his needs. I knew what they were. I didn't have to fight or argue with someone to tell them what they were, you know, just there was a, there were a lot of benefits there that I could see pretty early on as like, wow. And he's. And he's, yeah, there's challenges and he, you know, he gets distracted quickly, which is one of the reasons I didn't want to put him into a class of 30 kids. You know? yes. so
0: Yeah. I think, too, see if I can word this correctly, as a person that has watched other people homeschool, there's that part of you as the non-homeschool parent that thinks, well, they... Because you, you said it earlier, Not threaten isn't necessarily the right word, but there's a part of you that feels as though your parenting is exposed that I'm not a good enough parent because yeah. I can't do that. And yeah. I think there's a part of you that wants to put it down because you don't want to be different from the other person, that that other mom that's doing something better than you. I don't know if that's what you've kind of sensed.
1: Yeah, I think I think you know all of us. Um, I can speak as a mom. You know, we especially when we're parenting in those early years. Uh, you know, you're kind of looking around at what your peers are doing. <laughs> yes. And oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of the mom shaming thing that can happen early on. So yeah. So I think I think moms and and not even just moms. I can it comes from anyone. We're all humans, and we can all, you know, when we feel like we're not doing something that someone else is doing, we I think the enemy has an opportunity to come in and 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 speak lies to us about. Whether we're doing the right thing or not, you know, and, and like you said at the very beginning, everybody really needs to um, decide what's best for their family. I don't know that, I, I I don't know that I would say with with certainty that homeschool is the only way every family should do it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that's a true statement. I think, I think every family, you know, really should just have the opportunity to look at what is best for each of their kids and pick that. Right. <laughs> and if homeschooling is that option, then awesome. But in, in some cases. It's not. And so. Yeah. I and you have to do what's
0: best for not just even the whole family, but even for the individual child. My brother it, and it, I went it, to separate schools our whole lives just because it was what yes. was best for us individually. And I've seen some families where they homeschooled their children all the way through, but then their sibling went to public school or went to private school or something because it was what was best for them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So tell, exactly. So tell me, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Um yeah. Give me some examples on how you've been able to cater towards your child's uniqueness through homeschooling.
1: Yeah. So like just kind of I mentioned earlier, like obviously my oldest one with like some of his <laughs> distractibility and things like that and need, need to move and wiggle and shake and <laughs> do all that kind of thing. Um, obviously being at home has been nice because I can send him out to the backyard. We can, like I said, we could do things on the trampoline. We can do things on the peter totter. We can, uh, I can get the little wiggly cushion to go under his bottom and <laughs> if, yeah. if, if when he has to to the table, uh, all of the kids, you know, I can, um, when we do different reading things, I can read it out loud to them, you know, history. I can read it out loud to them. Uh, my oldest, one of the things we started to realize, like he really, really struggled with writing, like the physical act of writing. Uh, to the point where, like, he was breaking, you know, 10, 15 pencils in an hour, like, because he push so hard, and then his arm would get worn out, and he would be so frustrated. And so, um, after kind of talking to him, and and at one point, I did get him tested by our public school uh, district to kind of figure out like, okay, what else do I need to know? How can I, and so that, that was nice. Like I, I got some input from professionals who have seen all this and, and kind of got to hear what they would do in a traditional classroom setting. And then reminded myself, like, what's the goal of the lesson here? And so what I started to do with him in many ways was every, every subject that we would be learning, I'd always remind myself, like, what's the goal? If it's history, is my goal really that he is working on writing or is is, is my goal that he's retaining the knowledge that we're trying to learn here? Mm -hmm. And so I would always shift the lesson. Like, so if writing is like killing us, then I'm going to save the writing for the actual writing subject. (laughs) If if that makes sense. Like when I want him to learn how to write, (laughs) I'm going to push on his writing on that. But when it comes to all the other subjects where it's traditional school, you know, you have to write it all down to show all your work that was defeating us. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, was take, it was taking us hours to get a paragraph. Wow. So I was able to break it down and say, okay, you know what? This The goal here is spelling. Does he have to write it on a piece of paper to show me that he knows how to spell it? No. Mm-hmm. A spelling these to say it out loud, right? So, yeah. hey, you get on the trampoline, you jump up and down, I'm going to say the word, you're going to tell me how to spell it. Great. You got 100% on that test. You know, so Things like that were so helpful to be and to be able to do that, and to be able to also because he then what I started to realize is like now he's not defeated. Um, by the time we get to the writing, you know, I can save that for the writing. We can actually focus and push him and get him better at the writing. And the other thing too is like you know at a certain point um, we did a little occupational therapy with him, physical active writing. You know, uh, did he get occupational
0: we, therapy for his writing? Yes, because my son did too. Okay. Yes.
1: He did. And just like I said, cause he was up, he was breaking pencils. He would push so hard yeah. and get so frustrated and he'd wear himself out. And, and so that was, that was nice too. There's, uh, there's flexibility in when you can make appointment times and do different things. And there's a lot more availability too. Yes. Um, some of those things during, you know, the, the school and work day, which is, which is nice. But yeah, those are I'm trying to think, those are a couple, a couple of things that we did. And, and it just, it also helped me as a parent to remember like, It doesn't always have to look like a traditional school setting. Uh, Sometimes having it not actually helps them. Like they can actually learn more because they're not so defeated and frustrated over the checking of the boxes or the, Mm -hmm. you know. And what's cool
0: is you're seeing a lot of teachers in school doing that same thing where they're not treating it like traditional school as far as... They don't have to sit at desks. Okay, you want yes. to go sit on the beanbag and do your math homework. Yes, you can go do it there. If you want to go stand at the standing desk, you can do it there. You have your choice of what to do because when you get home, you don't want to do your home. You're not going to be sitting doing your homework like at a desk. You're probably going to be laying right. down on your bedroom floor or whatever. Some some kids actually do better that way. So I'm seeing a lot yes. of teachers adopting those same those same principles. If someone is out there today and they say, man, I would love to homeschool, but I just can't. What would you say to that?
1: You know, I, I, I guess I would ask why they think they can't. Mm-hmm. Because if if it's an I can't because they think they can't do it, I would say, yes, you can. Because if I could do it, <laughs> right. And he doesn't do it? But if, it, if it's an I can't because, you know, it's really not the best thing for their family or, there's impossibilities you know first of all i guess i would say like pray pray about it too Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um ask ask the lord like if if like what all these obstacles you see of why you can't do it because of you know family circumstances or whatever it is pray and ask you know maybe there's something there and if it's something you're supposed to do god can make a way for anything Mm -hmm. but uh but if if there really is a a situation where Maybe homeschooling wouldn't be the best option for them. You know, I wouldn't shut, I wouldn't shut someone down. You know, like because there are there are circumstances where maybe it isn't the best option for a family. Though again, I you know of course I'm super pro homeschool, but but I've seen I've seen um, I don't know. I would never want someone to feel like they're less than or something because they really had a situation that they couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and and I really appreciate your perspective because I've seen both extremes where I've seen people that have said. homeschooling is terrible and you shouldn't do it. They need to be socialized. But then I've seen the other extreme where people think, well, homeschool is the only way. And they almost wear it as a badge of honor. And it's developed into a pride issue instead of, no, this is just what's best for our family. So I really appreciate your take and understanding that every family is different and every family has to do uh, what's best for them. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about your book. You have a book called The Top Secret Truth about Santa Claus. And I am curious how this book, I'm assuming this is a kid's book (laughs) because I know the truth as a 40 year old (laughs) woman. Uh, Where did this develop? How did this develop?
1: So actually a lot of this was born out of our homeschooling journey in many ways. One, I found um, a love for history. I've always loved history, but like getting to go back and do it all again with my kids, I have realized how much I really love it. And Mm -hmm. I think the biggest reason I love it is I get to see God's hand on, on his creation throughout all of time. And that's been so neat. And so, um, so I'm going to dig back into, I'll come back to that, but Secondly, in in homeschool settings, and especially, and not just homeschool settings, I think in Christian settings, <laughs> all around, you will find a giant spectrum of families who treat the Santa Claus issue in very different ways. Yes. <laughs> and so, if there's little ears, I guess I would warn parents. <laughs> but I won't go into great detail, but just that there's a spectrum of families that, you know, on one end. There are families that say, we don't do Santa because it really takes away from the me- real meaning of Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. uh-uh, there's no place for him in our home. And then the other end is like, we dove headfirst into the deep end, we love Santa, and we're going all out. Everything is from him, and we're going to, you know, use different wrapping papers and the whole gamut <laughs> to figure yeah. out how to keep this the magic alive, right? And so everybody falls somewhere in there. Whether you do stand or not, right? You're somewhere on that spectrum, and so in our world with homeschooling, we ran into the whole gamut, and not just like I said, Christian families. I think we we run into the whole gamut, and um, I saw several situations that really blew up, (laughs) families, and on the you know and at park settings and with kids. And uh, I was part of I was on a a group me with with one of our co-op classes. And a mom was really upset. Like whose kid is telling everybody that Santa isn't real? You know. And then mom started jumping on, responding, "Whoa, we don't do it because it takes away from Jesus." And then, uh, "Whoa, we love Santa because you know it's a special thing." I, was, I mean, everybody, like we were talking about that mom defensiveness, all came out. And I just kind of watched the whole thing unfold. And I had, and it wasn't the first time I'd seen this. I mean, this is i this had been happening over and over and over from my oldest to my youngest you know, kind of as we've gone through this every year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just kept thinking, there has got to be a better solution to this for everybody. Like, this can't be that complicated. You know, how is it, how is it that families are working double overtime, you know, to do these things, to keep a magical, like, and what, where did this story come from in the first place? Like, how did we even get here? So the, you know, history nerd in me began to do some research and look into the real story. And as I did that, what I saw was like the the real historical Santa Claus, if that's what you want to call I mean, I'll, I can explain how it got there, but it's an incredible story that has Jesus' hands all over it. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's like such an easy solution to this because whether you're at one or 10 on that Santa Claus spectrum, at some point you have to have this conversation with your kids, yeah. whether you do it from the very beginning, you you know, telling them, this is, this is how we do it in our home or at the end when the gig is up. There's, that conversation happens culturally. It just does. I wanted to, to provide an option for families to be able to walk their kids through that talk, whatever that time is for their family, whether it's at the beginning or when the gig is up, um, that told the real story. Because parents, you know, it, it's not all... It's, actually, it's such a beautiful story, and the whole legend really comes out of, out of the truth. And the truth is actually such a better story. I don't know... You know, it, it's gotten very commercialized, and I think that's why, you know, obviously some people have pulled away from it. But the true story is is about a man whose life was changed by, changed by Jesus. And in the worst moment of his life, he actually lost. So it's Nicholas of Myra, who became St. Nicholas, grew up in, in what would be modern-day Turkey, ancient Greece. And he lost both of his parents, actually, to sickness. And in that moment, he was given an inheritance. And, in, and, you know, being a foster and now adoptive mom, we've walked with kids who've lost family and lost parents Sorry, it makes me choked up. Um, and so that part of the story struck me so much, too, because a lot of times when, when we get to places of, of that kind of tragedy, um, most of us will want to turn our backs on God or be angry or and maybe he was. I'm sure there was there's a lot of the story we don't know. But what he ended up doing is taking his inheritance and using it. To bless others in his community, mm-hmm. and he always did it in secret. He never wanted anyone to know it was him. And I just think that was such a beautiful um, lesson for us all there. And it's a testament that his what he did was so impactful that we know about it today. Now it's been changed. You know the name Santa Claus when it when it made it over to Holland, it became Sinterklaas. Mm-hmm. It was Saint Nicholas, Sinterklaas. And then when it, when the Dutch immigrants came to the United States, they would celebrate great Claus Day and it was so fun and, and um, I, I think I guess it was such a great celebration that other people started to pick up on it and said, like, we wanna do this and and then the English it started to become Santa Claus. So that's how it became that. But it really all comes from Saint Nicholas or Nicholas of Myra, who used what he had in his greatest tragedy and turned it around to love others and bless others all in secret, not wanting credit. And, um, and so I think if we can point back to that truth, whether, whether it's at the beginning or at the end of, of however you deal with Santa, um, it's such a great lesson for our kids to understand, like, we, where, wherever we are, we can take what we have, we can have eyes for other people, and we can look for ways to, to love God and love others in any of our settings and to do it without looking for the credit. Our world is such a, like, look at me. Let me let me show you what I did, and so um, this is so counterculture to what <laughs> to what our world is is right now. But I also love that because I think it's a lesson that that we all need to be reminded of that not everything uh, needs to be, you know, out there for everyone to know. That sometimes we do things just to love God and love others, and nobody else needs to know about it. Right. And so anyway, right. that's kind of a that's where the, the book went. It's all set to a rhyme scheme and it's illustrated. So it's very, it's very kid well, friendly. And,
0: and it's not just a book. I mean, you kind of have a culture around this. I'm looking at your website, the truth about Santa.com. You have a TST agency. Now, what is this yes. agency that it looks like? I mean, you've got merch and everything that kids can be a part yeah. of.
1: Yeah. So, um, in in all the years of dealing with this issue, I realized there are a lot of things that come up when parents have this conversation with their kids. Uh, One, you know, get feel like, they've been lied to. So when they get to hear this whole truth of the story, that it's, it's it's fun to get to tell them the real, the whole big thing of like, no, no, there really was this man. And this is really what we're trying to emulate. And so in the the beginning of the book, it all tells the story of St. Nicholas. And then in the middle, it shifts. And it basically says like, Here's the deal. Like you're now part of it. You have now learned the whole real story, where it all came from. Mm-hmm. And the best part is that while while we're not talking about a magical man, it's even better. Like this is I was impacted by Christ. And that means that every single one of us can have that same kind of impact if we lean into him and and follow his call and his purpose for our life. So it there's a, a page that kind of welcomes them to the TST agency, which is the top secret truth agency. Uh, and there's a contract page that they can sign as a new member. And so on that contract page, their senior agent, which is, you know, their parent or caregiver, uh, signs it as well, welcoming them into the top secret truth agency because they, they know a top secret truth that can't be, we don't want to, we don't want spoiler alerts on the playground. Right. So they can know if someone else, is a junior agent or not? Their senior agent can tell them, right? That's a junior agent. Mm-hmm. This information they are privy to this information as well, um, and they kind of agree to keeping quiet and not necessarily sharing all of the all of the secrets within the TST agency, right? Um, and then beyond that, the book continues to really try to put a calling out there for kids and families of like, now that you know. Now that you're part of it, now that you understand you can do the same kind of things that he did. This is just a young man who had took what he had and did something beautiful. We can all do that. Mm-hmm. Whether it doesn't, You don't have to have tons of money. You don't have to have tons of anything. You can start with what you got right in front of you and look for who you can be blessing. So it goes from there to, um, as part of the agency, working on your own top secret uh, missions. And so, um, I kind I started a blog too that kind of helps families. So I don't know if as a mom, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I don't want one more thing to do, not just at Christmas, but you know, on. Yes. and so I thought, how can I take this off of a parent's hand and help, you know, help, um, nurture this for their kids and their families. And so the blog kind of does that next step of, um, trying to point kids to that direction of like, here's where you start. Here's what you do. Here's what that looks like. And I, I have little on the website. I have little like certificates that the senior agents can award their kids with, you know, just to give acknowledgement of like, I'm so proud of you. I, I saw what you did, even though nobody else saw it. Mm-hmm. And and mission ideas for things that kids can do. Everything oh, fun. I always everything needs to be signed off by your senior agent because I definitely don't want kids going how you know <laughs> doing right. things without their. Solid. well yes it should be top secret truth your senior agent always oversees every mission so um so yeah so it builds on that with the different mission ideas and ways that you can do it and and I kind of I started with a blog post called the circles of influence of how you can how if you want to if you want to get to a place of influencing our culture is so much about influence right but through influence like I I say how do we do that and so I kind of start with like you start with yourself like and and like talking to God and like looking at what it is what is it in you? Like how, what, where can you start thinking differently, looking at things, having eyes for other people? And so I kind of get some ideas and then it grows from there. So like, okay, next step of your circle of influence, how are you going to show love uh, to your family? Like, what can you do? And here's some practical ways. And then moving out from that so that hopefully kids kind of can grow in like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready for the next step. I want to do something a little bit more uh, you know, outside of my comfort zone or out of, out of my immediate family. Like now, where do I go? You know, so that, that's kind of what the blog does. So my hope, yeah, is to build the book being kind of a starting place and then, and then hopefully, um, families being able to move, move into it with the blog and other, and other resources.
0: The website is called the truth about Is that where they can purchase the book? Is it also available on Amazon?
2: Yes, it's available both places.
1: All the other resources that you mentioned, you know, the, the award certificates and the other little merch things, they're only on the website. Okay. Um, right now, but yeah, and there's also a little song, a Christmas song, because if you're gonna get out your Christmas book at Christmas time, what other what other better way to get in the <laughs> the Christmas spirit than a little Christmas music? So yeah. there's a little jingle by the same title, "The Top Secret Truth About Santa Claus," and that you can get it's stream. It's streaming, you know, anywhere music streams, and it's also on the website, but. But if you have Amazon Music, you could listen to it today or, you know, any of those other options. So,
2: um,
1: and and that song doesn't give away any top secret truth. That's more for... Junior agents are in the know what the song is about if they if they've read the book. Anyone who's never read the book will not be there. Will be no spoiler alert.
0: Got it. Okay. <laughs> the Truth About Santa and I'll make sure that I put the website as well as the access to the book in the show notes. Uh, Cece, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing your heart about homeschool and how it can fit us each uniquely. And I mean, is there anything else that you would like to share about that subject before we go today?
1: No, I mean, I, I think, well, I guess the only thing I would just encourage families, like, if that is something you're feeling tugged at, just pray and, like, put it in, in God's hands. He, If if that's something you're supposed to do, He can make a way, and He can provide, you know, resources and people around you, and and I would say don't go at it alone. Try to find mm. a group that, that you can, you know, um, maybe, whether you get into a nature group or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be full steam co-op, but but find other people so that you have community. Cause that, I think that, you know, community in anything we do is so necessary.
0: <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And it, yeah, i a hundred percent agree. Well, thank you, CC for being here today. And thank you so much for just sharing your experience in being vulnerable in certain areas. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the on a Purpose podcast, whatever feelings about public, charter, private, or homeschooling. My prayer is that you choose what is a best fit for your unique family and your unique child. Also check out Cece's book, The Truth About Santa Claus, in the show notes. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved, and because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you right back here next time.